Chronicles chapter number 7. 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. <clears throat> I don't know how long it's been either, preacher, but I appreciate the opportunity to preach. And uh, I love Brother Shane. Some of these men around here. And I even love Jared over here. Amen. But uh, <clears throat> somebody's got to. Amen. But uh, no, I love Jared. Appreciate him. <clears throat> I had to get it in on him, though, before he could get it on me. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 7, we'll begin in verse number 12. The Bible said there, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. I have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be opened, and my ears and tend to the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. I want to preach on this thought. God be in my head for a little while this afternoon. I'm working on a building. How about you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening. God, a privilege to stand and preach the word of God. Lord, thank you, God, what you've done for us today. God, good preaching. We've heard good report how you've already moved and helped. God, we know it's a place a man can't stand alone. I pray, God, a little while you touch these lips of clay. Give us word, wisdom from heaven. I pray, make the things we've studied fresh. I pray, God, this evening, Lord, you know the need of each one that's come this evening. God, you know those that be here. And God, you know what they stand in need of this hour. And I pray, God, you touch our hearts, our ears. Uh, give us a willing hearts, obedient spirits to do that which you ask us to do. Well, we'll thank you what you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. In this seventh chapter, St. Chronicles here, we have moved out from under the reign of King David and into the reign of Solomon, his son, uh, who was the son of Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. Uh, and uh, Solomon is a picture of how God can take bad things and make beautiful things. Amen. Uh, uh, and uh, Solomon would be the greatest king that Israel uh, would ever have. Even to this day, Solomon would be uh, that king. Uh, but if we back up to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, the very last chapter, uh, uh, before Second Chronicles chapter uh, uh, starts, we find that David is an old man and that he is dying. Uh, uh, and uh, as an old man on his deathbed, uh, he does what God told him to do and takes Solomon, his son, uh, whom God had picked to be David's successor, uh, and he anoints him uh, as the king of Israel. Uh, in First Chronicles 29, 28, he said, and he died a good old age full of days, riches, and honor. Uh, and Solomon's son reigned uh, in his state. Uh, this man David that we just read that had died uh, uh, that was one of the greatest kings of Israel uh, uh, and uh, if uh, you wanted to this afternoon you could speak volumes uh, of the kind of man that David was amen uh, the list of accolades would go on and on uh, uh, forever of all that David did uh, in his life uh, but David just wasn't a good man in the eyes of human history amen uh, David was 
also a good man uh, uh, in the eyes of God and by God's standard. Uh, when God said uh, uh, after he was anointed by the prophet Samuel to be the king of Israel, uh, uh, the Bible said uh, uh, that he was a man after God's uh, own heart. Uh, in Acts chapter 13, 22 said, And when he removed him, uh, that being Saul, he raised up unto him David uh, to be their king to whom also uh, he gave testimony uh, and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, uh, a man after mine own heart, which shall uh, fulfill all my will. Uh, God testified that David uh, was a man who longed uh, for the things of Christ uh, more than he longed for the things of this world. Amen. Uh, uh, what a statement that is uh, uh, to be made of someone uh, and by the very God of this universe uh, that a man who's the Bible said righteousness uh, is his filthy rags uh, could be so in love with God uh, and uh, so uh, want the things of God uh, and seek after the things of God uh, uh, that he would be called a man after God's uh, own heart. Uh, for a man to have such praise uh, from his creator would mean uh, that with every breath he took, uh, he was trying to smell the rose of Sharon. Amen. Uh, uh, that is, he couldn't get enough. Uh, he had to have just one more breath, uh, just one more sniff uh, of the lovely, sweet presence of God. Uh, that is, with every step that he took, uh, uh, he had to walk uh, in the footprints of the Lord. Uh, uh, the song says, footprints uh, of Jesus uh, that make our pathway bright. Uh, I will follow all the footsteps of Jesus uh, wherever they go. Uh, wherever David walked uh, it was if he was looking uh, where the Christ had stepped uh, uh, to make sure that he was walking uh, where the Savior had. Uh, that, that is to be a man after God's own heart. Uh, that with every word he spoke uh, he was trying to speak only words that glorified uh, his Father in heaven. Amen. Everything he does uh, uh, in word or in deed it is to uh, hear that with the hope of the honor of God and not to grieve the Holy Ghost uh, that lives inside of him. Amen. Uh, to be a man after God's own heart does not mean you have to be perfect. Amen. Uh, does not mean you have to be sinless. Uh, uh, we'll never reach that. Amen. As long as we're on this side. Uh, uh, but it does mean that every day he lives uh, he is dying to self uh, and living through Christ Christ, uh, that with everything he does or says in every place that he goes, uh, it is to walk closer uh, with the Lord. It is to live after the instructions of Paul uh, in 1 Corinthians 10 31. Uh, wherefore, uh, uh, therefore, ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory uh, of God. Amen. There could be no higher honor this afternoon to receive uh, than for the very God of heaven to save your life uh, or to save my life uh, that he is a man after the very heart uh, of God. Amen. Young person in this place this afternoon, you never received the Medal of Honor. Amen. Uh, if you never received the Presidential manner of, uh, Medal of Freedom uh, or a Congressional Gold Medal uh, or friend, if you never receive uh, an Emmy Award or a Golden Globe uh, or a Country Music Award, uh, uh, friend, the greatest award that you could ever receive uh, and the highest honor that could ever be given to you uh, uh, to any man, woman, boy, or girl uh, on this 
side of eternity is that God would put his stamp of approval on your life and in your walk. Amen. I wonder what God's testimony of us is today. What are God's genuine thoughts about you and about me? What if he chose us to do something? What will we say or what could he testify of our lives Today, could he choose you if he was? Amen. Would he choose you this afternoon? If you look at David's life when he was chosen to be the king of Israel, David had seven older brothers, is what the Bible said. No doubt they were good men, just as David was. Amen. They were a strong men, brave men, men of valor. But they were not like David. Amen. Though they were good men, there was only one man that God said was a man after God's own heart. When God is looking over his people to choose someone to use in a great way he doesn't necessarily look at the outward man. Amen. He doesn't look at how big or how strong you are but he'll take a little old ruddy red haired boy that's out in the field attending the flock of his father that no one else counted in and he'll take him and raise him up because he is willing and submissive to do the will of the Father. Amen. Though David had many failures in his life and though he had many faults he did many great things and God said of him that he did all the will of God. Amen. He didn't say he did some of it. Amen. He didn't say he did part of his will but he said that David did all the will of God this morning. I wonder if we look back on our lives and examine ourselves today. Could we say that we've done all the will of God? Or is there some places that we've skipped out and said, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I'm not willing to do that. And just plain and simple, uh, be stubborn and ignorant and sit down and tell God no and not do what he's asked us to do. David wasn't like that. Amen. He did all, the Bible said, the will of God. God, you think about David's life. He did some great things. Amen. He reunited the northern and the southern kingdom of Israel. During Saul's reign, there was great division. As Saul was a selfish leader that thought only of himself and not the people. But that is exactly what God told the Israelites that Saul would do. Amen. They cried out for a king. Give us a king. Make us like every other nation of this world. Like every other nation. Make us. Give us a ruler. And David uh, uh, they, uh, the Lord told him and said he'll take your sons and your daughters uh, he'll take your fields uh, uh, he'll uh, tax you uh, he said he'll take everything that you have and he'll be hard on you uh, but they didn't care and they called and God give them Saul uh, and Saul divided the nation But under David's reign, peace and unity was restored. Amen. And the kingdom was strengthened because it was God's will for David to be the king. Amen. David brought also the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem from Obed-Edom's house. David heard how he was blessing Obed-Edom. And he said, I want that for not only Obed-Edom, but for all the house of Israel. Amen. And he went and got the Ark and he brought it to Jerusalem that God might bless also the whole 
whole nation. I, he wrote over half of the Psalms that we read in our Bible. I, our friend David had a life that was full I, and filled with worshiping God and walking with God I, and working for God. I, yes, he had some days that he wavered I, and that he wandered from God. I, I, but friend, his good days outnumbered the bad. I, and he did all that God had asked him to do. I, some absolute wonderful things for the cause of God. Amen. However, though, these first seven chapters of Second Chronicles, they are what was in David's heart to do, and that was build a temple. Amen. David's heart's desire was that God might have a house to live in, just like he did. If you turn over to 2 Samuel chapter uh, number 7, you can read there that David, uh, as he was sitting in his house, the uh, 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 Bible said that the Lord had given him rest from an enemy, that the king said unto Nathan, the prophet, See now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. Uh, David's heart was broken uh, uh, that he was living in the finest house uh, that money could buy, that he was wearing the best clothes uh, that money could buy, that he was driving the best carriage that money could buy and had the best horses uh, that money could buy. David's heart was broken uh, that he had all that he needed. Uh, uh, No doubt his house uh, of cedar was lined with gold and with silver uh, and jewels. uh, And friend, uh, he said, I have all this and yet God has nothing to abide in. Uh, in David's eyes, even the house of Israel, those that lived in houses of mud and in stone and sticks, uh, uh, they were even dwelling in better housing than the house of the Lord. If you look back at 1 Chronicles chapter number 28, uh, verse number 2 and 3, Bible said there, Then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, brethren, uh, and my people, as for me, I had in my heart to build a house uh, uh, of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord uh, and for the footstool of our God and had made ready uh, for the building. Uh, David's heart was to build a temple. Uh, but the Bible said that God told me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood. As David is old, he has given this last speech to the people of Israel. Before he dies, he reminds them of the many things that he had done. He tells them that God had chosen him to be the king of Israel over the many sons of his father Jesse. And he had chosen him over his brothers. Solomon might be chosen of the many sons of David to be the king of Israel. But all of the great accomplishments in David's life, all the battles that he had won, all the things that he had done for God his heart was not in those things but it was that he might build a dwelling house for the Lord because David was a man of war with much blood on his hands God would not allow David to build a temple that he so desired instead God told David I've got another man for that job Amen. God said you can do so much but you can't build the temple. Down in verse 6 of 1 Chronicles 28, he said unto me, Solomon, thy son he shall build my house and he shall build, be my course for I have chosen him to be my son and I will be 
his father. God told David, no, you cannot build my house. I've got someone else to do that job. I'm friend for the most of us today, especially in the day we're living in of selfish, prideful ministry building, name magnifying, glory stealing generation of rebellious, of religious hardened, hardened people. I forgot to tell us no. We would have stopped and thrown in the towel, taken off our gloves and put it in park and said, I'm not going any farther if I can't get the glory for the things that I want to do. Amen. If I can't do it, if I can't be the guy that down the road has his name and a fancy shiny plaque on the side of the building that says I built it, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm going to go back to my nine to five job just like the rest of the world. Could you imagine having that deep burning desire that David had? That desire to do something for God. Though he had done many great things, I I still have a desire to build a temple. And God say, no, you can't do it. But what was in David's heart to do by building God's house, it wasn't a wrong thing to think of. Amen. It wasn't wrong to have that desire. God needed a place. Amen. God needed a building. God didn't say it was sin. God didn't bash him for his zeal to build his house. It just wasn't God's timing or his way or his plan. Amen. What was in David's heart to do, it was not. It was in God's plan, but it was not God's timing for the time. It is a sad fact though that there have been many that have started out with a great zeal uh, for God jumping uh, in and working for the Lord with great favor uh, uh, and all of a sudden they get an idea or have a vision for the work of God uh, but God says no uh, and I have someone else chosen for that job uh, and they quit doing everything. Uh, they soil up. They get mad at the world uh, and because they didn't get to do what they wanted to do uh, then what God had for them to do goes undone the work of God is hindered by the way uh, though God may not ask you to do something with your name in lights or on a shiny plaque uh, your role is just as important uh, as the one whose name is in lights amen Uh, though you may not be uh, the one that everyone looks to uh, you can be the one that holds everybody up amen Uh, uh, David did not get to build the temple uh, but he did get to bring in uh, uh, the supplies that when the work was ready to be done uh, nothing had to be waited on it was all there and waiting for the one that God had chosen to do the work. Amen. A lot of times people get mad and they soil up on God and they quit before they really ever get started because they are not called to do what seems to be a big thing. They are called to some insignificant work next to what others are doing. The church that they are pastoring it isn't as big as the one that's down the road or over the hill or the position that they serve in at the church. It doesn't get the accolades. That's someone else's position gets uh, but what we fail to realize uh, is that there are no big U's and little I's in this thing Amen. Uh, uh, there is only one big God uh, with a master plan uh, and you and I are just a small part of what God is doing 
in this world. Amen. David was a man of war and a great man of war to have. With the blessings of God, there were no one that could stand against David and the armies of Israel in battle. As Paul said in Romans chapter 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? And friend, because of that, David knew the sweet taste of victory in battle because of the great God that he served and that he loved. But everything he did and is remembered for. It was being a man of war. But just think of the accolades that David has. How much more would have been received if he had been able to build the temple of the Lord. Even to this day, Solomon is still credited for building the most beautiful temple huh, that Israel has ever had. Amen. It's called Solomon's Temple. Huh? His name is in lights, if you will. Huh? Solomon is credited with the most beautiful building huh, that has ever been built by man. Huh? It was spectacular. Huh? It was beyond description. Huh? When the Queen of Sheba came to visit, huh, after she had heard of all the beauty of that temple, huh, she said, The half has not been told. Huh? There was nothing that compared to the temple that was built. And to this day, there is still nothing that compares. What if David would have went ahead though and built the temple even though God said not to? David, he had the money to do it. Amen. David had the material to do it. David had the people and the power to do whatever that he wanted to do. David was the king of Israel. I have no doubt this evening that that if David would have went ahead uh, and built the temple, uh, it would have been just as spectacular. Uh, uh, it would have been a sight to behold uh, and possibly just as beautiful as Solomon's temple. Uh, but it would not have been God's house. Amen. Uh, although it would have been built, uh, it would not have been blessed. Amen. A uh, uh, friend, uh, if David would have done what God said not to do, uh, he would have been doing what the half uh, of this world is doing in our day. They are building great, glorious, spectacular buildings that are just as dead as the materials that they are building them with. David was just glad to do what he could do. God said, no, I have other plans. And rather than getting all bent out of shape, he started gathering everything that was necessary that the temple might be built. Amen. Let me say this this evening. I don't believe that when all said and done huh, that David's family said we need to put a plaque up with David's name on it. Huh, that said in memory or in honor of David our father who was the great king that donated all the materials huh, for the building. Hey man, huh, if you give money to the church for a building or whatever huh, huh, just to get your name on a plaque, huh, your heart's not winning the lost. Hey man, huh, that is our mission to win the lost. Huh, it is not to get our name in lives. Your goal is nothing but to build your own legacy so that you can tell your great great grandchildren that you gave the money or you bought that pew when the church is in a building program and you want to purchase a window or a pew by all means do so. Amen. And God will bless you for doing it. But a plaque does not belong on a pew, a window, a table, a lamp, a piano, an organ. 
or whatever else you donate. When men put plaque on the things of God, what man's name on it, they think they own it. Amen. But just for the record, you don't own a thing in the first place. Amen. All that ever was belonged to God was given to you before you owned it to give back to Him. Amen. He owned it in the first place. It's His from the beginning of time. And all we need to do is give our all to Lord. I've seen church members blow up, uh, blow their top because visitors came in and sat down in their pew. Uh, a friend, uh, they sat in their great grandma's seat. Uh, I'm friend, they can't get blessed if they sit anywhere else. Church just sitting the same. Uh, if they're not on the same place at the same time, uh, uh, they don't get to sit in their uh, seat. Then friend, World War III uh, is about to break out. Uh, I had a preacher uh, not so long ago coming to a meeting where our family was singing and when we were up singing little did we know that we were in his seat amen but during the worship service after we had been called to sing he proceeded to get up from where he was sitting he came to the pew we were on he moved everything we had to the row in front of us and sat down and friend after the service he was very clear to say that's my seat and nobody sits in my seat. Friend, we don't need to be childish this evening over God's things or God's house. We have a work together and we have to love one another and do what God has called us to do and let others do what God has called them to do. Friend, now that Solomon has been anointed king, David's dream would come true and the plan and the vision of God that God promised David would come to Pass in a much better way than it would have if David had a step outside the will of God, done what he wanted to do. Amen. David was working on the building, but he just wasn't the one that got his name as the one that built it. Amen. But now that the torch has been passed to Solomon, he would become the greatest king that ever Israel would ever. No, and you know the story. You go back to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 1, there that God came to Solomon in a vision, and he asked him, what shall I give thee? And Solomon asked for wisdom. Chapter 1 of Second Chronicles, verse 10 and 12, said, give me now wisdom and knowledge uh, that I may go out and come in before this people. Uh, for who can judge this thy people that is so great? Uh, and God said to Solomon, because this was in thy heart, uh, thou hast asked wisdom uh, and knowledge for thyself, uh, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Uh, wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, uh, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor uh, such as none of the kings have had the like because of Solomon's desire to do right by God's people in asking for wisdom. God gave him more than he could ever ask for and said that there was no king before him and after him that would be like unto him. Friend, I believe the Bible so much I still don't believe there's ever been a king that had what Solomon had all because he chose to follow after God. 
Solomon's request is a great example. Matthew 6 and verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Solomon went after the things of God and was blessed with everything that he wanted to be the best king he could be. And God gave him more material things than any king had ever been. You read in chapter 2, Solomon, he begins to prepare this temple. He began to set things in order. He counts his material. He orders more cedar. He asks for men to labor. He assigns the men to their jobs. This was no small effort in chapter 2. He tells us there were some 153,000 men employed to build the temple of God. In chapter 3, the ground is broke. The building begins. He gives the dimensions for the temple. He begins to describe all the materials that he used and the designs that would take place of the gold and silver and cedar, jewels and precious stones. In chapter 4, the altars are made. The vessel that will be used or crafted as well as the furniture that was in the temple. In chapter 5, the work is finished. And after seven years of long, hard work, countless hours of blood, sweat, and tears. The temple was finally completed. The ark of God is brought into the Holy of Holies and the people rejoice at the completion of this great feat. In chapter 6, Solomon begins to bless the people. Let's read there in 2 Chronicles chapter 6 and verse number 4. He said, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of Egypt, I choose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build a house in, that my name might be there. Neither chose I any man to be a ruler over my people Israel, but I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there, and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build a house but the Lord said to David my father so much as it was in thine heart to build a house for my name thou didst well and that it was in thine heart notwithstanding thou shalt not build the house but thy son which shall come forth out of thy loins he shall build the house for my name. The Lord therefore hath performed his word and he hath spoken for I I have risen up in the room of David my father and am set on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised and have built the house for the name of the Lord God of Israel and in it I have put the ark wherein the covenant of the Lord that he made the children of Israel. Friend, all that God promised David, God did through Solomon just like he said that he would. Amen. Solomon then dedicates this temple through the end of chapter number 6 and he tells the people to examine their lives. He said to get your lives in order. Make things right with your neighbors and your family and to make things right with the Lord your God. Then in chapter number 7 as Solomon gets done praying and dedicating the temple notice what the Bible said in verses 1 through 3. 
Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices uh, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Uh, and the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Uh, and when all the children of Israel uh, uh, saw how the fire came down uh, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, uh, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground uh, upon the pavement and worship and praise the Lord saying for he is good for his mercy endureth forever friend before true Holy Ghost feel worship can ever come as it did here in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 before the fire of heaven can ever fall before God can move in our presence before real Holy Ghost a convicting revival of our cold dead hard hearted will ever come there must be some work that has to be done amen and it will never come until we as God's people decide to quit waiting on someone else to do the work and get off of our lazy selves and do the work that God has called us to do Amen. The children of Israel have just spent seven years working and laboring and building that the fire might fall and God's glory might be seen. And uh, friend, it was hard work. Amen. Uh, this wasn't easy work. They spent day after day, night after night, week after week, month after month, uh, year upon year until the final piece of furniture uh, was made and set into place uh, till the final stitch had been sewn uh, into the last tapestry and hung uh, on the wall. Uh, they labored for their king uh, until the king said it was enough. Uh, they labored endlessly uh, until even the smallest detail uh, was attended to. Uh, even though though it may not have been seen by man they did it that it might be pleasing unto God and when they had completed everything and done exactly what their king had said and asked them and then and only then did God fall and do a great and mighty work in the heart of the people amen Though you may not have been laboring for years uh, uh, and it seems the work is endless and the labor uh, becomes monotonous. Though it seems uh, that you have been doing the same thing for years uh, and years and years uh, and the same thing over and over again. Uh, friend, don't stop now. Amen. Uh, just keep working. Uh, just keep laboring. Just keep building. Uh, the very wind of heaven uh, is beginning to blow uh, and the shower of blessings are about to fall and begin to fall as rain on the people of God. For God is on the move today and He longs to send the fire of revival to purge His people and friend, consume their sacrifice of praise that He might refresh our souls and through His church reach a community and a country and a county that is dying and going to hell. He is longing this evening to move in the midst of these days uh, of apostasy. Uh all he is wanting uh, and waiting on us to do uh, is to keep on working the field, uh, keep on plowing a straight line, uh, keep on preaching faithfully the truth uh, without compromise or apology. Uh, all he needs for us to do uh, is to be faithful, uh, and he that is faithful and true will do 
the rest. Amen. The number seven, uh, here is the number of completion in the Bible. Uh, this work had been done. It had been completed. Uh, and now they are reaping of the sweet benefits of the building that had been Built. Amen. For us to see a real move of God like I want to see and like I hope you want to see. I, I believe many of you I, want to see it just as I do. I, as I've talked to you and heard you say it time I, and time again. I, we're going to have to do some work. Amen. I, it might take us seven more days. I, it might take us seven more weeks or seven more months. I, it might take seven more years or 70 more years. I, I, but friend, we're going to have to start working in the field to see a harvest and to see God really start blessing the church like he wants to. Even though we may not see it in our day like we want to see it, we've got to get over our selfish attitudes and stop saying, well if I don't benefit from it then I'm not going to do it. David never saw the temple of Solomon that was built. He died before the first stone was ever laid. But yet, though he so desperately wanted it built that didn't start top him for starting the work by preparing the way for the temple to be built. When Solomon got ready, as I've said, the ground was cleared, I believe, and leveled. Everything that could have been done was done that the temple might I believe the reason that we're not seeing the move of God like the old timers once did in our generation uh, that have passed on before us uh, is because the generation that paved the path to God for us so well, this last generation uh, didn't have to do anything to have a move of God. Uh, They inherited uh, churches that had been led to God by some old timer uh, who knew more about the holy things of God uh, than all the men put together uh, that are pastoring our churches across this country today. You say, what do you mean, preacher? They inherited the move of God. I mean that just some 25 years ago, you could about go to any church in Spartanburg County with Baptists on the sign and hear good preaching. Even some Methodists and other denominations. For the most part, it wasn't about the man currently pastoring that church. It was because of the one that was before him who had dug out the ditches and climbed through the thicket and beat down the briars and because of that the next generation took it for granted and friend this last generation we have suffered from it because they know nothing what it takes about seeking God and in turn in our present day we have a bunch of adolescent babies running the church of God who know nothing of the power the presence of God and all they do know it's what some liberal professor told them in some compromising college that is doing more harm to the Christian faith than Biden and all the Democrats have done to this nation in the last three years. Amen. Friend, it is not that we cannot have revival in this day. I do not believe. It is not that we cannot have a fresh move of God. It is when will we, it is not that God cannot do something for us like he has in the past. It is when will we repent like they used to repent. It is when will we pick up the plow that some have laid by the wayside that have graduated to glory. 
When will someone pick up the seed bag and begin to sow the seed? When will someone dive into the Word of God and get to work and show by example what it takes to get the attention of an almighty we, have, uh, we can have the move of God and we can see the storehouse of God open up uh, and pour out on His people a blessing uh, that we cannot contain. Uh, but uh, it is going to take dedication, uh, something we do not have in this day. Uh, it is going to take devotion, uh, uh, something uh, that we also do not have. Uh, it is going to take coordination uh, that is working together uh, to see the work of God start to flourish. Uh, we're going to have to quit arguing uh, over stupid stuff uh, and stand up for the truth uh, and fall on our knees and follow God. Uh, the foundation has been laid. Paul said no man uh, I can lay a foundation uh, but that is laid that is Christ. Uh, but friend uh, now it is up to us to act uh, on the promises of God uh, and do the work that is required uh, and build upon the foundation that is laid that we might see a move of God in these days. Amen. Here in 2 Chronicles 7, the Bible said, the glory filled the temple after they fed hot dogs to everybody on Wednesday night for six weeks straight. Amen. That's not what it said. It said the glory filled the temple after they had 300 in Sunday school. Amen. No, it said they, uh, the, uh, that the temple was filled when they played rock and roll music uh, and danced around uh, and became drunk. Uh, no, it said that they uh, the temple was filled when the big name doctor stood up uh, and gave a speech uh, and uh, jerked on the emotion of the people. Uh, no, friend, uh, the Bible said the fire fell after that the work uh, was done. Uh, uh, we live in a generation that does not want to work. Uh, they're lazy. They're They've been handed everything uh, from the time uh, that they were a child. Uh, and they're still expecting the government uh, uh, to hand them everything uh, as an adult. Uh, and friend, we have adapted that, uh, adopted that uh, that uh, thought process as a Christian and as a church. Uh, give me, give me, give me. Uh, and we never want to give back uh, to God and do the work. It was such a great move of God in Solomon's day and such a, demonstra such a demonstration of the power of God that the priest could not even enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Solomon as they dedicated the temple made a huge sacrifice to God. You can read about it in these chapters if you go back. The Bible tells though he sacrificed and offered that day 22,000 oxen. They sacrificed 122,000 sheep. Friend, it cost somebody something that day to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Amen. It cost them something. Friend, you'll never see God move uh, like He did in Solomon's day uh, without costing you something. Amen. Uh, uh, it will never see God move uh, like we want God to do. Uh, uh, friend, uh, uh, without it costing you something more uh, than just tossing an extra $20 uh, in the offering plate on Sunday morning uh, than giving a wrinkled up dollar uh, uh, here and there to missions. Uh, uh, friend, these people labored hard uh, for seven long years. Uh, they fasted. They they prayed. Uh, they sought after God. Uh, and God was manifested. Uh, 
when the work was done. How long has it been since you fasted just one day? How long has it been since you prayed and talked to your heavenly Father about seeing a move of God? How long has it been since you gave up something that was meaningful to you to get a hold of heaven? What has it cost you lately to serve the Lord in the capacity that He has asked you to serve? Or has it cost you nothing because you're willing to give nothing to see God move? The capacity may be a Sunday school teacher. That capacity God has called you to be may to be a deacon. It may to be a preacher or a pastor. It may just to be a good church member, a soul winner, someone to back up the preacher and lift his hands up, to be his Aaron and his her. Whatever it is, what has it cost you lately to do what God has asked you to do? What have you given up to the point it hurts to serve the Lord and be more than you are right now? tomorrow for the Lord it will cost you greatly to see God move here like he did that day but I believe with all my heart that it's as possible today as it was then amen that if we will be willing to pay the price to be willing to pay the price even if we never get the credit for it if God decide to take you home before you ever see the thing that God has promised you come to pass but rest assured if he promised you it will Come to pass. Amen. See, God doesn't want your money today. Amen. The tenth belongs to Him anyway. Amen. It's God's before it was ever given to you. Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. That's what He said. But He doesn't need your money. Amen. He doesn't want you to give your house. He doesn't want you to give your car. He doesn't want you to give your property. Although sometimes He does impress on people to give those kind of things that they might be willing to do so. And it is more a blessing to give than to receive. Amen. If God tells you to give it, He'll give back to you more than what you gave. But friend, He isn't interested in your stuff or your possessions. But what He wants most, He wants you. Amen. And He wants all of you. Paul said in Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, under God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. It should be our joy this afternoon to serve the Lord. Amen. And whatever He asks us to do, we should be thrilled that God just wants to use us in whatever way He does. Amen. Isaiah, he was a great man in the Scripture. A man that was used greatly by God. But before he was ever the prophet Isaiah, he was just a man that loved God. Amen. Minding his own business, doing what God had told him to do. But in his love for God, he said Lord here am I send me amen and God did just that Isaiah 6 8 said also I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us then said I here am I send me most Baptists today when asked by the preacher to do a simple task just to clean the church or to scrub a toilet maybe to serve in the nursery whatever it is maybe just 
roll the door at the front of the church. Most roll their eyes and mumble under their breath. And that's if they even do it in the first place. Amen. But you let God call them to do something. And no doubt He is. Because He has a plan for all of us. But if they could hear God when He called, if He would call them, they would run the other direction and do the exact opposite what God asked them to do. Isaiah, he was being called to a backslide, a backslidden, idolatrous people of Israel that didn't care about what God said, but he wasn't discouraged. Amen. He said, if God sends me there, hear my sin. Me. When God says, whom shall I sin and who will go for us today? Most look at the task that is ahead. Say, I think I'm good, God. I'll just stay right here where I'm at. I'm doing all right living where I'm living. I'm sure somebody else will do it if I don't. We need to say as Isaiah, Lord, hear my eyes. Send me. We need to say, Lord, whatever it takes to see your work prosper. Whatever it takes to see revival come. Whatever it takes to see souls getting saved. Again, whatever it takes uh, to have Sunday school start back up. Uh, whatever it takes uh, to have your glory fill this place uh, and to fill my life. Lord, that is what I would be willing to do. Here in Second Chronicles, uh, our text, we read that the Lord has appeared to Solomon again by night. Read verse 12 with us. And, uh, he said, The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself uh, for a house of sacrifice. Uh, he said, Solomon, uh, I have heard your prayer. I have accepted it. Uh, and I have chosen this house, this temple, this place uh, to have dedicated unto me uh, for myself as a house of sacrifice. Uh, look at what he said in verse 15. Uh, and see, 16. He said, Now mine eyes shall be open, huh? and my ears untended to the prayer that is made in this place. Huh? For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, huh? that my name may be there forever, huh? and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Huh? Uh, friend, he said, Solomon, huh? you have done well. Huh? You have done just like I'd hoped that you would. Huh? You have stayed faithful to the work, huh? and now you will begin to reap huh? Uh, from the benefits of your labors. Amen. Friend, when he started to reap the benefits, it's worth every hardship. Amen. It's worth every long dark night. It's worth every tear we've shed. Every prayer we prayed. Friend, it is like a garden that you plant. You turn that ground in the off season and then you plow it and you lay off rows. You pick up rocks and sticks that have been brought to the surface and you talk them to the side. Huh? You plant it. You fertilize it. Huh? You hoe it. You cultivate it. Huh? You water it. Huh? You labor in it. Huh? You check every day. Huh? You water it some more. You weed it some more. Huh? You work it over and over huh? again. Huh? And then as the con- a plant begins to come up, huh? you tend to them. Huh? You trim them. You snip them. Huh? You stake them. You tie them. Huh? You prop and you plant. Huh? And finally those fruits are yielded. And the harvest is gathered. It makes you feel complete. It makes you happy. And friend, it is a satisfying thing to reap of your labor. There is nothing like reaping the fruit of your labor. It gives you pride and fulfillment to know you put in the work and produce that product. And friend, God's work, it is a field today that must be planted and watered. It must be 
cultivated, hoed, uh, and it must be weeded and tended to. Uh, and as the harvest, the Bible said that the fields are wide unto harvest. Uh, pray ye therefore that the Lord has sent laborers into the field. I ask you this evening, where are the laborers at? <clears throat> where are the workers at today? Uh, where are those that are being saved by the millions in these big uh, mega churches? Uh, why are churches empty? Why are the pews vacant? Uh, uh, why does our neighbor that live next to us not know who God is? Uh, uh, why do our children uh, not know about God and about what He can do for them? Uh, where are the workers? Uh, where is our motivation today to go out uh, into the highways and hedges uh, and compel them to come I am sure that it thrilled Solomon's heart that God chose to smile on his efforts and the temple that he had built for him. Amen. No doubt that was a great feeling to know that he had done what God had asked him to do. There is no better feeling in this world to know that God smiles on you. Amen. That he is pleased with your life and accepts you and the work that you are doing. Nothing better than that than to live in the center of God's will. There is absolutely nothing better today than to work for the Lord and to reap the benefits that are out of this world. But as God's house has been dedicated and the glory has been filled, its walls, God reminds Solomon of his mercy and of his grace. Look in verse 13. He said, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, God says, Solomon, I am pleased with you and my people. I am happy to smile on them and bless them and dwell with them. But if they were to sin and walk away from me again like they have in the past, then I will send judgment to their land. If the people were to sin against God, said he would shut up heaven and send no rain. Is that not where we're living at in these days? Uh, that's where we're at. Uh, uh, he would said he would cause locusts to devour the land. That is take away their resources uh, to sustain themselves. Uh, he said he would send pestilence. That is disease and plagues, uh, epidemics uh, and pests. Uh, God said if you're not willing to look to me, uh, then will I send judgment to make you look at me and call upon me for grace. Just like he did when those Israelites were in the desert complaining uh, uh, in the wilderness of eating manna. The Bible said God sent fiery serpents into the camp uh, and he bit the children of Israel uh, uh, unto death. Uh, the only cure was that brass servant uh, that had been placed in the middle of the camp. Uh, Moses said, look uh, and you will live. Amen. Uh, and friend, though we may be in a slump today in our nation, uh, uh, friend, if we'll look to God, amen, uh, there is still life to be had. But he said, though you may have sinned, though you may have walked far from me, though you're flesh and you are a sinful people, there is a promise that if you do sin, that I will forgive you and I will bless again. In verse 14 he said, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from heaven, then will I hear from heaven and will heal 
their land. In my opinion, we are living in verse 13. We are rebels against God. We have sinned against the holy, righteous, a Savior, and has spurned His grace. We as the church are in a mess in this day. We are self-righteous. We are lovers of God more than lovers of men. We are prideful and arrogant and in need of God to touch our lives, in need of God to touch our homes, our families, our nation, and most definitely our churches. Friend, we can have revival. We can see a move of God. But the first step to revival, the first step to refreshing, the first step to a real move of God is to look around at everything that's going on and realizing that we need help in these days. Amen. He said the locust that he would uh, that uh, he would cause the heavens to be shut up because of sin. That locust would come. That is the devil uh, has come in and he has stripped the churches uh, of her resources. Uh, uh, he has tainted uh, of the church uh, and the church is full of pestilences. Uh, there is epidemic of sin uh, all across our churches from the pulpit uh, uh, to the pew. Uh, uh, men and women are dropping around us everywhere uh, on every side uh, and the church if you will is on its deathbed because it is so full of sin and the saddest part is that we cannot even see it because we have lost our fear of God and we do not believe in the real literal judgment of God that it wished to be the children of God are living double lives and are as miserable as we can be then we wonder why when God when we come to God's house all we do is fight and argue and can't get along one with another. I know a young lady right now She's in a heap of mess this afternoon uh, because of sin. Uh, she is one of the most miserable people I know uh, this side of eternity. She goes to church every Sunday. <clears throat> She's at church every Wednesday. She goes to prayer meeting. Uh, she goes to every night of revival, fellowships uh, with good Christian people uh, uh, at their houses. Uh, but she's in a mess, cheating on her husband, uh, drinking, partying, smoking, uh, uh, weed, uh, you name it. She is just about involved in it. And yet she'll come to church on Sunday and put a smile on. And you would never know to look at her or pass by what she's going through. She's living a double life. And she's lying to herself. On occasion she has talked to me and my wife about her situation. And she asked for advice on our opinion. But all she says is I know what the Bible says. I know what I am doing is wrong but I am not at rock bottom yet and until I get there I'm going to have a little more fun and friend that's where most people are living in our day you may not be cheating on your husband smoking weed or whatever else but we are so lax in our walk with God that nothing faces us and even the smallest sins we have allowed to come in and they are killing our churches and the move of God in this day 
we're ever going to see God's move, we've got to admit that we're wrong, that He is right. We've got to meet God on His terms. Amen? He won't meet us on our terms. We, we can't come to God and say, Lord, I, I'm sorry that I've done this and messed up, but uh, I'm going to go out here and do it again. I, if you just meet me halfway, Lord, I'll go to church on Sunday. I, I'll go to church on Wednesday, but I've got to have my fun. I, that's not how it works. Amen? I, he said, if my people, I, which are called of my name, shall humble themselves, I, and pray and seek my face uh, and turn from their wicked ways then uh, and only then will I hear from heaven forgive their sin and will heal their land amen do you know what the Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost amen the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 3 16 and 17 know you not that ye are the temple of God that the spirit of God dwelleth in you if any man defile the temple of God him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy which temple ye are. He said it again in chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God. Ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God. So I want to ask you this evening, what are you building today? Do you have your own plans? Uh, uh, are you building your own life the way you think that it should be built? Uh, uh, and when you think it should be done, uh, have you uh, made up your mind to do whatever, uh, uh, even though God says not to? Uh, or have you even asked Him what He wants you to do uh, in the first place? Uh, are you making decisions based off what makes you a better person uh, by the world standards and the views? Uh, or are you making decisions on what God's plan uh, for your life is? Uh, once God saves us uh, and makes us. Uh, uh, he makes the same covenant with us as He did with Solomon uh, in verse 15 and 16. Uh, he said He'll sanctify us unto Himself. Amen. Uh, he'll make us a peculiar people. Uh, he said He'll hear our prayer. Uh, he'll put His name upon us forever. Uh, and He turns His eyes and His heart uh, uh, toward us perpetually uh, or unending. A uh, uh, friend, as a child of God, if you're saved uh, and you're not living where God wants you to live, and you're not seeking Him for every area of your life young or old or middle aged alike a friend you are robbing yourself of the blessings of living in the will of God however if we choose to build our lives like we want to and do whatever we please against the will and the instructions of God for our lives then there is a promise of destruction read with me the rest of this verse he said and verse 17 as for thee if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked do according to all that I have commanded thee and shall observe my statutes my judgments then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom according as I have covenanted with David thy father saying there shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel here's the warning of verse 19 but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments which I have set before you shall go and serve other gods and worship them then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them this house which I have sanctified for thy name will I cast out my sight uh, and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations uh, this house which is high shall be an astonishment to everyone that passes by so that he shall say what hath the Lord done thus unto this land and unto his house uh, and it shall be answered because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers which brought them forth out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them and served them and therefore he shall brought all this evil upon me so what are you building today 
Are you building a great masterpiece of your life that brings glory to you because you have built it all yourselves or are you building it to reflect the glory of God in His way and on His timing so that your temple, so that your life can be His house that is filled with the glory and the power of God so that your life might be a living demonstration filled with the power and the presence of God. I'm working on a building this morning, amen? The little children's song said, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. I've got a lot of work this morning, amen, to go. There's a lot that still needs to be done in my life and my heart. But every day, God's working a little more on me, amen. I'm working to make me be what He wants me to be. What about you? I'm working on a building. How about you? We're going to stand this evening. Preacher's going to come. Lord, we thank you.